something was going down. I could feel it, and the investigator in me needed to know about it. I backed the metro around the corner and parked it where it couldn't be spotted. I grabbed my gym bag from the floorboard, unzipped it, and rooted through the contents. The essentials were all there, including a ballpoint pen, a small spiral-bound pad, a tiny camera, a cell phone, service disconnected, a lock-picking gun, a stun gun, a miniature eight-power telescope, and a myriad of other toys I'd recently bought from a surveillance paraphernalia catalog. I bought a lot of keen stuff from it as soon as I set up shop as a P.I. That's one of the many reasons why I was running a little low on cash and why the phone company had disconnected my cell phone. Jim bag in hand, I slunk towards the dumpster, keeping myself pressed against the factory wall and crouching low. Invisibility techniques I'd mastered among the garment racks and shelving units in my department store days. Once I reached the dumpster, I climbed up the middle ladder and peered over the stinking trash as the two men removed a large wooden crate from the car and placed it into the truck. Judging from the way the men struggled with the crate, I figured it must have weighed at least a hundred pounds, probably more. Probably just about the weight of a dead body, I thought, and the crate was exactly big enough to hold one. I unzipped my gym bag and raised the monocular to my eye. "'juggling it, the pen, and the spiral pad "'as I scribbled down the Fiat's license number. "'Unfortunately, I couldn't quite see the one on the Suburban. "'Then I aimed the scope, first at the driver of the Fiat, "'and then at the man who'd arrived in the Suburban. "'The first man wore a pair of khakis and a white polo shirt. "'He was very tan, and his blonde hair was cut short and neat, "'reminding me of the countless young trainees "'that were always kissing up to Mr. Eaton.' He looked to be just under six feet tall and probably wore a size 42 coat. The second man, twice the young man's age, was tall and real thin, had long gray street hair pulled into a ponytail, wore faded jeans and a cowboy shirt. Don't ask me for the colors. I only needed to move myself about six feet to the left to be able to get a clear view of the Suburban's license plate. I stuffed the telescope into the pocket of my dockers, put my pen and pad in my mouth, pushed the handles of my gym bag up my wrist and onto my shoulder, and grabbed the top of the dumpster. Then I carefully stepped off the ladder and slid the toes of my Reeboks into a horizontal groove that encompassed the dumpster. I eased my body to the left in cautious micro-steps until I could see the truck's plate, but I still couldn't make out the numbers. I let go of the top of the dumpster with my right hand, still holding fast with my left, and reached down into my pocket for the telescope. Slam! My left foot slipped out of the groove and crashed into the side of the dumpster. The moment my foot slipped, I reached my right hand up and grabbed the rim of the dumpster. As I caught my balance, I dropped my telescope and it clanged and banged its way to the ground. In one remarkably efficient move, the man with the ponytail spun around, reached beneath his pant cuff, pulled out a revolver, and aimed it directly at the dumpster. I snapped my head down out of view. Three shots rang out and I heard the bullets thwang through the trash bin's walls. I scanned the surface to my right. One bullet hole was 18 inches from my hip, another about five feet away. I heard a blood-curdling scream and looked up just in time to see an alley cat jumping out of the dumpster. Two more shots rang out, followed by metallic pings and then a pair of voices. Put it away, Al. It's just a cat. Ah, hey, cats. Put the gun away before someone sees you. Like who? Another cat? Let me at it. I'm serious, man. We gotta get out of here. I raised my head up slowly and peered over the top of the dumpster. The man with the ponytail was returning the gun to the ankle holster as the young man slammed the back of the Suburban shut. 
They hopped into the truck, fired up the engine, and chirped off about four feet of rubber on the asphalt as they accelerated away. As I jumped down from my perch, I looked at the dumpster's holes. This time I saw where the third bullet had gone, about two inches below where my crotch had been. I made a metal note to start going to church again, ran back to my rental, jumped in, flipped the ignition key, and waited with a tiny three-banger to start. At the count of ten, the engine caught, sounding for all the world like a demonic popcorn popper. I eased the shifter into gear, taking off in vain after the Suburban that had already long since disappeared. After fifteen pointless minutes of driving, I decided to do what any decent, law-abiding citizen would do. I pulled over to the nearest payphone and reported what I'd seen. The woman on the phone displayed absolutely no interest in what I had to say. 